the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I love that sound, don't you? That was a nice little song. I like this one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. I got Ken with me this morning, and we are doing a radio show. We're also somewhere in the uh, metaverse. We are streaming live on Facebook. I tried to find out where it was. The only thing I could find is that it did stream in the past because I saw shows from July. <laughs> and I, I saw uh, I saw you talking in a previous uh, show, so I don't know where it goes. But at any rate, those of you who are savvy enough tech-wise, find out if you can uh, see me on Facebook and let me know. By the way, Kasim Cassie or the guy that won last week was a guy or girl? Storybox? A guy, I think. The guy, okay. Uh, we don't have your right address. I took it to the post office and they said we need your unit number or your apartment number. So if you have that, uh, call Ken back and please give that to him and make sure you've got to yell, talk real loud because he forgot Storybox? his hearing aid oh, yeah. today. But that's why. Doc, I'm getting some weird music here. Hang on. Well, I'll keep talking uh, because I don't hear anything. Yeah, I'm getting uh, some. I'm getting some weird music coming from you or me. I'm not sure. Um, I don't hear anything. Okay, well, I'm hearing it here. So, if I'm hearing it, they're hearing it out of here. Trying to figure out where it's coming from. Let me turn you down for just a second. No, it must be coming from my end somewhere. Let's try that. Okay, there we go. Did you get it? I got it. We're good. All right, so we're back on the air. We, we never left. <laughs> we never went anywhere. I just had a, one button in the wrong spot. You know how it is. You and buttons. I know. I got big, fat fingers and little, tiny buttons. I know. Poor thing. What were we talking about? We were talking, we were talking about um, buttons, and uh, Kasim, he didn't give us the right address, and now... Let's talk about the uh, the the COVID because everybody wants to know about that. Now the CDC says there's going to be a surge in the COVID this year, and there's a new strain XBB 1.5 or XBB dot 1.1 dot five, and so uh, Pfizer and Moderna are supposed to tweak their vaccines. So we'll all need to get. A, I guess we'll all need to get a booster. I don't know what the recommendations will be. Probably be mostly for older people and people with chronic illnesses, and people who smoke. <laughs> well, I fit a couple of those categories, so. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I'm so sick of talking about COVID, as you know. We did so much over the past three years on this. But uh, it's important to know, and, and as a physician on the radio, I'm, I'm supposed to give public health information out. So there you go. I did my due diligence. <laughs> Doc, I got a call coming in. Hang on, I'll figure out who that is. Uh, might probably be Kasim. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, I'll keep talking. And uh, so I got an email from one of my friends who got an email from one of his friends about the Department of Energy about when it was founded back in the 1970s by Jimmy Carter, 
We didn't have a Department of Energy prior to that. And a lot of the functions of the Department of Energy were spread out over a number of different uh, uh, branches of the federal government. And so Carter thought he would pull everything into, into one, um, one house under one umbrella. And so we started the Department of Energy. And the Department of Energy at that time, one of the main purposes was to figure out how to be less dependent on foreign oil and to produce our own oil. Well, I guess over the years it's morphed, and uh, now it's more interested in solar energy. I guess at some point it was nuclear. Who knows? Uh, it goes from one one item to another, depending on what's popular with the with the press and the public. And uh, I guess like any organization or bureaucracy within the government, they aim to please. Uh, of course, they also aim to make more jobs. And, uh, you know, they now employ tens of thousands of people and, you know, billions of dollars have been spent. And we still don't have the adequate uh, uh, infrastructure to produce the electricity that we need and that, or that we will need. The, the future is going to be much more electric dependent uh, as we get rid of cars. And uh, we're going to have to still produce electricity. Uh, right now we're doing it with fossil fuel so you know we're just shifting the burden of uh of uh emissions from cars to smokestacks at at uh make electricity power. yeah right exactly and yeah. making electricity so i mean the thing that i keep coming back to is uh the uh the use of nuclear energy which the department of energy should really be on top of and doing but i guess that's not politically popular uh, I, and I just don't understand why, Ken. I don't. It's understand. got a stigma because of Three Mile Island and Chernobyl, but that's yeah, it. I mean, I mean, tell me another. Show me another accident somewhere. In well, what seventy we years? We had one over in uh, Japan. Japan, but that was that was, uh, it was a tsunami. Nature, yeah, that was a tsunami, and that was bad design. They put a they put a generator under pretty much underground, right next to the shore, and the water went over the wall and took out their generators, and that's why that blew up. Yeah, and I think, too, that people are so afraid of, of death uh, from nuclear energy and nuclear waste. And there really isn't, uh, uh, there, there really isn't, other than Hiroshima and Nagasaki, there have been very, very few deaths. I think uh, in Chernobyl, there were 54 people who were died, who were killed, died. And they were all the people that went in to try to put out the fire. They were all firemen and workers in the plant, and they all got lethal doses of radiation poisoning. That's and pretty much what happened in Japan as well. The people who went in to try and fix it. Yeah, there were only a couple. Yeah, there were only two. And at Three Mile Island, nobody died. Now we did have a little increased incidence of uh, thyroid cancer from Chernobyl and and the Ukrainian population that got that was downwind because I think that plant was in the Ukraine. It is yes. So, but yeah, uh, don't you remember the Russians were camping outside of it? They didn't know what it was because they never <laughs> taught them that in in, in Russia. They didn't know. What they didn't know what it was. It was not in their school books. They had no idea they were sitting next to Chernobyl. Well, you know, the radiation levels have dropped down so low that it's pretty much safe to go back. I don't think I'd want to stand on the site of the old plant, but you could probably move back in there. They had actually evacuated the city two or three days before there was a real meltdown. They had been right. there wasn't anybody there. So this fear of nuclear energy, and I don't know why we don't impound more water. Why can't we impound water and uh, use hydroelectric? I mean, we did that for decades. That's the whole TVA was hydroelectric. 
and still is a lot of it. But now then the environmentalists say, oh, well, if you dam up the rivers, the little spotted pink frogs will <laughs> live. And I'm like, you know, are, are you are you for real? I mean, whose survival is more important, mine or the spotted pink frog? Hey, Doc, up in Illinois, I watched for 10 years as they stopped an expressway because of a frog. I believe it. Yeah, 10 years. 10 years. 10 it's years just... it took to get the frogs moved, I guess. I don't know what they finally did. I think that uh, they probably put some flies out and you know, like a little fly trail so the frog would follow it. But uh, it, there's there's something inherently wrong with the way that we're thinking and approaching the uh, energy crisis. And uh, I know that it's not a real crisis at this moment, but we have to uh, get some alarms ringing so that we plan for the future because you know these plants they don't build themselves ken no it takes a long time yeah i mean you, you can't just just call up uh Stu's mobile home company and he'll have uh you know prefab out there next yeah, week about a nuclear plant would you please yeah 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 could yeah and make sure that the uh, containment uh building is six feet thick and concrete that's right and can you put it on a pickup truck <laughs> we need it by thursday <laughs> Yeah, it, it it makes no sense. But well, you I, know, have you been watching the what they do? Have, now in Texas, they have a a uh, spot market for electricity. Whatever the price is at the moment you turn on your lights, that's what you're going to pay. I did not know that for Sunday for today, the spot market price rose eight hundred percent for electricity because of the heat wave they're having over there. Eight hundred percent. They're paying more today than they did. I don't know a couple of days ago, I guess, or a week ago, or a month ago, whenever. Unbelievable. Yes, it is. There's no way to run an electric company. Well, and you know, it's it's uh, it's something that you have to do, and you have to pay. Um, and of course, the federal government's demanding more and more money for any usage of uh, power. They want their shekel. Yeah. Well. Um, you know, and then you've got you've got stockholders or or co-op holders or however it works. I don't know which what company. I mean. Here in, in, in Florida, we've got Duke Energy, uh, and you can buy stocks or bonds in that. Sure. So the Duke says, well, look, we got to pay uh, a dividend or people won't, won't want our stocks, and then we won't have any any cash flow. So it's uh, it's quite complex, Ken, and it's really a tough situation and puts us all in it. Well, I was, I'm going to stay with gas for a while. I don't, think I'll be ch- I don't think I'll be changing to electricity right now just because I drive too much. Well, you know, you better be careful because Joe might be behind you on his bicycle trying to give you a ticket. So. <laughs> on his electric bike? I think I can run him. I can outrun him. I hope so. Well, speaking of Joe, Joe Rogan, uh, did you hear him lambast uh, Kamala? I and, did not, no. Uh, oh, he called her, uh, you know, an idiot. And uh, he said that uh, he said that Gavin Newsom was just a blanking uh, con man. And uh, he didn't think either one of them could win the presidency. But you Newsom's never know. Not, is Newsom getting in or isn't he? Well, I don't know what he's doing. He's probably waiting to see how the landscape shakes out, how how the uh, how the trees bloom next next fall. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, if you're in, if you run against a sitting president in your party, you're pretty much dooming yourself. Yeah, it would be a tough road to hoe. Yeah, um, but he would never get the nod again. They would never forgive him for that. 
They probably wouldn't. Uh, and the other question is, are we going to have a third party candidacy like? Uh, uh, That's true. Yeah. Junior, you know, he could do that. And sure. then we've we've got the senator from uh, West Virginia who's kind of back and forth with the Democrats and the Republicans. He might want to run on Manchin, Manchin or whatever his name is. Manchin. Yeah, Manchin. Yeah. Joe Manchin. And, and you know what? If either one of them did that, they would doom the Democrats. They would doom the Democrats. Uh, per, oh, absolutely. Well, that's what happened. Uh, it reversed what happened to uh, the first George Bush. Well, yeah, and you know, you know the story behind that. Um, oh, what was his name? Who was the businessman who was running? Yeah, it was. Uh, I can't remember his name now. At any rate, he had gone to uh, George Herbert Walker Bush, George Bush first, when he was in the CIA. He was over the CIA at one point. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. George was a very bright man. Yeah, and he um, went to get help to get his people out of Saigon before it fell. And uh, Bush would not even meet with him. And, <laughs> and, and that really got him upset. And so he said, I'm going to get that SOB. So he ran against them and took them out. Huh? He ran, and he never had any intention of winning. All he wanted to do was pull votes away. And he did. And, you know, George Bush, the first said that was the worst night of his life when he lost to uh, to Bill Clinton. Yeah. And Clinton didn't get a majority then. You know that. Uh, no, it, it wasn't at all because it was three ways. So, yeah, it was three ways. And so he didn't get a majority. And uh, but he that, got enough. That, that was a heartbreaker for uh, for Bush one. He should have had a second term. He won that war. I mean, he did a good job. It's Ross Perot. Ross Perot, that's the guy, yeah. A billionaire from Texas into oil, I think. Yeah, and and uh, he predicted that the NAFTA would, would suck jobs out. He said, you hear that sucking sound? That's jobs going from the United States to Mexico because of NAFTA. Well, he was right on that. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I think a third-party candidacy would pretty well doom the Democrats. I don't... I just I cannot believe people would vote for somebody like uh, uh, forget the philosophy. I mean, just just look at the president. I mean, he's he's a doddering old man with with Parkinson's disease. How how on earth can people uh, even uh, think of voting for him? How can we put somebody like that on the world stage as as uh, our leader when we're supposed to be the strongest country on the planet? <laughs> well, you know, they've. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I just don't know. I mean, the, the hatred of Trump, I understand that, although I don't have a problem with the guy. I don't care what he says. Just as long as he gets the job done, I got to care less what these guys say. Just get to work, you know? Really? Let's get inflation down. Let's do something important here, guys. Yeah, let's do something important. Let's uh, get inflation down. Let's get the military built back up. Let's and restock the military. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, did you see where Russia and China sent a naval fleet and cruised close to the Aleutian Islands off of Alaska. I hadn't heard about that yet either. Yeah, they hadn't come into our territorial waters, but we deployed four destroyers to go out and keep an eyeball on them. And that was the largest fleet that had come that close to United States territory, I would guess, since World War II, uh, when the Japanese were sniffing around up there. You know, they actually invaded uh, Alaska, the Japanese. Yes, it was. It was a. Uh, it was a uh, fake to keep the uh, carriers away from Midway in that battle. 
Yeah, and it didn't work. Didn't work well. at all. Well, we knew the plan. We had broken their code. So, well, not only that, we went up there and kicked the crap out of the Japs, and they ran off. <laughs> well, yeah. Do you realize that Tokyo is the Aleutian Islands? Uh, Attu is closer to Tokyo than it is to uh, Seattle, Washington. I, did, I didn't know that. No. Yes, sir. It is closer. <laughs> and you know the Japanese. I think they would still like to own the Aleutians and the islands north of uh, Hokkaido that were taken away from them after they lost to the Russians in the last uh, debacle of World War II, the end of World War II, the Russians. Well, we have, if, if uh, Alaska stretches all the way down, using uh, the Chinese theory of what is yours and what is not yours, mm-hmm. if we draw a line from the edge of the Aleutians all the way down to Hawaii, then everything in there and all that water would be ours. Judging from what the Chinese say about how you, uh... well, they've been claiming that the uh, South China Sea is theirs for for millennia, you know, ever since they started roaming around there and their little ships and um, you know with sails, they said this is ours, this is this belongs to to the Middle Kingdom. We are the people that own this. Okay, well, I say we draw a line from the Aleutians down to Hawaii, and we just announce that everything. West of theirs are everything east of there is ours. Yeah, and then we can charge everybody who's bringing shipping through there. Exactly. We can charge, we can charge anybody. Go, if you want to go fishing, pony up some dough. You, you know, I think that you and I could probably set up a little toll booth up there. And make a little, <laughs> little money. A little, floating, little floating toll booth. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> just, you bring your aircraft carrier, that's going to be $5,000. I'm sorry. It's just a big ship. So, it's a big ship. Yeah, well, we'll charge them by tonnage. Absolutely, and tonnage should be charged. Absolutely. So, so China's latest problem, uh, besides their unemployment when their young people is uh, at 20%, uh, and uh, there's more real estate uh, uh, trust funds going under over there, their latest problem is nobody wants to go there. No, no foreign visitors want to go there. Not that tourism is a big part of their economy, but uh, the more you isolate yourself in that respect, uh, the more likely you are to have conflicts with uh, your neighbors uh, or your your ex friends across the uh, Pacific, like the United States, because you know I don't go there, and so I don't know what they're thinking, and I don't have anything nice to say right now. Now, when we went there several years ago, I came back and said I like the Chinese. You, you, you can't judge the people by the government, but let's remember that it's the people that give the government power whether they like it or not. You say, well, they're at the point of a gun. It's hard to argue with with a with an assault rifle pointed in your face. But we argued. I mean, we broke away from mom and dad. And we did it at the point of a gun. So how much I mean, do you want it? That's right. But you know, it's a whole different mentality too. I mean, they're they're they have what, three, four thousand years of of living under uh monarchies and emperors and uh communist uh, dictators, so they don't really know anything different, whereas we were pretty much left alone for the first 150 years that we were here, and uh, then when dad came in and said, wait a minute, you guys have got to start paying rent and uh, doing what I tell you, we're like, dude, we've been doing our own thing since uh, we landed at Plymouth Rock, you know. We announced we're moving out, dad. And we're we're leaving. Adios, amigo. (laughs) So what do we do about these poor Chinese? I mean, I, I don't want to see them go into uh, a bad tailspin because that would create a lot of upheaval. And um, 
you know, it could precipitate a civil war in China, which would be a big deal. But uh, that may be what they need. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't do about them. I know the uh, the uh, their little buddy uh, Russia and them had a little to do. Did you hear about that? Did not. I, I, the, apparently some bloggers from China were trying to get into Russia through Kazakhstan, whatever it's called, Kazakhstan? Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan, or... yeah. And they were stopped at the border. And the Russians treated them like criminals because they didn't have the right papers. And fingerprinted them, took their mug shot, that whole kind of thing. And the Chinese are upset about it. Well, they should be. I mean, illegal Chinese immigrants into Russia are necessary for their restaurant business. <laughs> That's Did you ever see that? Uh, there was a, a Russian sitcom called uh, Kuchina. It was on, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. I saw it on um, on um, Amazon Prime. Really funny, cute. It was Kuchina is Russian for kitchen. And it was about a restaurant and uh, the owner and the chief chef and all the people that work there and, you know, all the same problems that we have here, they were having there. Uh, and the, uh, the uh, immigration officer came in and one woman who was uh, an illegal immigrant from Mongolia or somewhere, she was working. And so they knew they had to hide her. So they put her out on a table as a diner and the, the immigration officer goes over and sits down. And he's like, who do you think you're fooling? <laughs> I know you're not you're not native here, dude. Or chick. Really cute. Uh, but if you ever get a chance to see that, folks, look it up. I don't folks, think I, for some reason, I don't associate Russia with comedies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody laughs. The Chinese laugh. <laughs> I'll find out if the Japanese laugh because I'm going over there um, next month. So, are we doing the show live from China? Absolutely. Speaking of doing Welcome. the show live, we're going to be doing it a lot closer to China. Live from Japan and uh, Japan, rather, yeah, yeah. And I'll be in Hong Kong, so I got to see how the day goes there. Because what are they? Twelve hours behind us? Something like so. that. Yeah, or, yeah, or ahead of us, or whatever. So, if the show's at nine, I'll have to do it at nine at night. And if it's a Sunday that we're in Hong Kong, I may have to hunt on that because we want to take an evening uh, dinner cruise across the bay there and see the city from from the water they it, say it is cool. beautiful from the water i've seen you know yeah it looks pretty cool movies of it yeah but yeah i can do the show from anywhere as long as i wi-fi and, and uh, i got but we're doing clothes. it a lot closer than that in a couple of weeks yes we are live we're- and in color and in person yeah, and I want everybody to come out and join us, 8.30 to 10.30 at my office, 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. That's just east of the uh, 66th Street, kind of candy corner from St. Pete General Hospital. It's less than a mile north of uh, the mall uh, at uh, Tyrone, and so it's pretty easy to find us. It's if a straight you- shot off 275. Yeah, if you if you get off uh, on the 38th Avenue North off at 275 and you head west, uh, right before you get to 66th Street, we're there on the right-hand side. Um, Can't Bayer, miss it, yeah. And Care Clinic, and uh, we'll be there. And you're so, all invited to join us. Absolutely. We'd love to have you. You can meet Ken in person, and uh, we can come out there and press palm, and um, we're going to set up. They'll, you guys will get there, what, around 8? Oh, I would think so, yeah. 
because you got you got to get set up. We got engineers and things coming along. So yeah, yeah, we got a big entourage, and uh, then at eight thirty, hopefully people will start streaming in. I'm going to see if we can use the parking lot at, uh, in the empty field of the uh, of the church. And uh, across the street from me, there's a parking area that nobody uses on Sunday. And the overflow can go to the hospital. Might want to bring a chair with you or a blanket if you want to sit down, because I don't think there's going to be chairs out there. No, we're not going to have any chairs. Um, we will have tables for uh, vendors and advertisers, and it's $500 a table. And that will get you a table and a tent if you want it. And uh, you bring your banner, you bring your trinkets, bring your uh, business cards and pens, whatever. And uh, we'll also give you a shout out on the radio. And then I'll give you some shout outs for three months after that on my show. So it's a pretty good deal. Not bad. yeah, Not bad. So at any rate, that's my story about that, Ken. And I hope that you're going to be there. And please wear your hearing aid, would you? If I have to buy a new one. First, I got to find a new one. What happened to your old one? They, they, it just burned out. I mean, it's just they only had they only last about five or six years, and, oh then, and then they're gone. So I got another twenty five hundred dollars for a hearing aid. No, 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 that's too much. Well, they have these uh, more uh, less expensive ones now. Don't they have the throat? Yeah, the cheap like two fifty three hundred bucks. Yeah, but I'm that. not sure on the sound quality. Well, can you try them out, or do they? I'm going to find out. I don't know. I'm going to find out, though. So like underwear, once you wear them once. That's kind of the thing I'm thinking. Once you put it in your ear, it's yours, yeah. So, well, I'll I'll, I'll figure it out. That's my problem. That's that's, that's this week's project. Hey, Doc, it's coming up on the news here. You want to do a quick question and and get a cup of coffee? Let's do a quick question. We'll all grab a cup of joe, change our our nappies, and uh, get right back. All right, very good. Let me see. Uh, a question for today is, oh, I know what it is. A old friend of ours is coming back. You know it is COVID-19. What are you supposed to do probably in another couple of months? Because why? Why is COVID coming back? Why Why are we talking about that again today? Why are we talking about COVID today? So give us a call and uh, with the correct answer and you'll win. Simple as that. That's pretty easy. And don't forget, Dr. Bill is at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. We have full service office, we have telemedicine, and uh, we just got a little bit of everything. Uh, by the way, we just repainted the office, Ken. Oh, good. I love the smell of fresh paint. And uh, it, we went from a kind of a pastel color to this pretty bright white color and and i have to wear my sunglasses i'm going blind (laughs) well the number to call for the uh to dr bill your radio md coffee mugs if you got the answer to the question it's 877-969-8600 that's 877-969-8600 first correct caller wins what is back that we should all start thinking about once again and um talk about that on the other side of the news and we will see you after the news is over From the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Jeremy House in Washington. Three people have died in a night of intense shelling across Ukraine. The Ukrainian Air Force reported that Russian forces had launched 70 drone attacks and air and sea missiles overnight. North Dakota's oil industry is turning to Ukrainians to fill jobs amid a workforce shortage. The program's first group of workers arrived in July via the Uniting for Ukraine humanitarian program. 
North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has toured the country's key weapons factories, producing artillery systems, engines for cruise missiles and drones, and launch vehicles for nuclear-capable ballistic missiles. Kim pledged to speed up efforts to advance his military arms and war readiness. At the Women's World Cup soccer tournament, Sweden eliminated the U.S. on penalty kick phase in the round of 16 game that sent the United States home. More details at srnews.com. Hun. Hey, I'm 860 The Answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ Dunedin. By downloading The Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical. Located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 6411 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket costs a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi. 727-577-2220. 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour. Only on AM860, The Answer. Mostly cloudy today with a thunderstorm, high 94. Very warm tonight with patchy clouds, low 83. The rain gear will come in handy for tomorrow, kicking off the week. It'll be hot with a blend of clouds and sunshine. Thunderstorm in the afternoon with a high of 96. Tuesday, it'll be hot with a spotty thunderstorm in the afternoon. Record time, high 96. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Cheryl Golden for AM860, The Answer. And we're back. This is Dr. Bill. Got Ken with me. We're doing a radio show. We're streaming live on Facebook and I don't know where else. Um, somewhere out there in the metaverse we are. <laughs> and we have a winner, Doc. We got a winner. Who we got? We have Larry Pryor from St. Petersburg, Florida. Larry, congratulations. He knew. He knew a lot. Of, he was listening. He was paying attention. He knew there's a new strain of COVID coming and that folks over 65 are probably going to have to get a booster shot. Well, he's had prior experience, that's why. But he's paying attention. That's what we love about him. Yeah, that's why his name's Larry Pryor. <laughs> oh, my. oh, my goodness. 
That one went, went right over my head there, Doc, for a second. <laughs> Congratulations, Larry, and thank you for uh, being with us. We appreciate your support, and we'll get those mugs out to you. And Cassie from last week, I don't have your uh, unit number, so I can't send you your mugs to you. The the post office turned me around and sent me out, sent me packing. No, oh, that's, okay, well, maybe she'll call back today with that then. Hope yeah, so. and oh, by the way, uh, speaking of uh, St. Pete MRI and smoking, there is a recommendation now that if you're a smoker of X number of years, that you should have a screening CT of the scan of the chest. So I just wanted to remind everybody about that. And uh, if you want to get one and you don't have a doctor, you you can call and join my practice uh, and we can, we can send a script over the uh, internet or fax it or whatever, so that you can get a screening CT of the chest. Did we do one on you, Ken? We just did the x-ray. Let's get a CT of the chest on you, dude. Remind me to do that when you come in for your next appointment. Next time I'm there, we'll talk about that. There was something. Oh, I, you know what? I, I, I read this last night. I didn't know this, but there apparently are vaccines in the works to help people stop smoking that are 50% effective right now. Very good. Okay, you're going to be in the front of the line because I'm going to be there pushing you. Yeah, well, these things are ready. There's still uh, one's going into a second stage trial at this point. No, it's, I'm sorry, it's 20%. Oh, I think it was a 20%. Uh, success rate right now for what they're seeing. The 50% success rate is what they're seeing from folks who use hypnotism. Isn't that amazing? The power of the mind. Yes, it is. And uh, the power of suggestion too, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to try that one. I'm going to go with this, the hypnotism for, All right. for a start and see, because uh, I don't want to wait for the uh, <laughs> the vaccine that could take a long time. So That could take a while. Yeah. And only 20% effective. And you like to smoke, so that would be tough. Yeah, but the fifty percent effectiveness I thought was uh, pretty impressive. Good, yeah. That's. I think hypnotism has worked for several of my patients over the years who have tried it. A uh, couple of them, no. Most of them, yes. Hmm. Well, it's worth a try. And you know what, Ken? You know these uh, these uh, diabetic drugs that people are getting to lose weight, like Wagovi and Ozempic and uh, Mongerno and mm-hmm. all those. The employers now, the insurance companies uh, and the uh, employers that have these uh, insurance plans are refusing to pay for these drugs now for, for their employees to lose weight because they cost so much money. You know, they're like twelve, fifteen hundred bucks a month. And that's one shot a week. That's a lot of money. What's it, you know, it's supposed to be used for that or is something else? Well, it it uh, it interferes uh, with incretin, which is a hormone that's released in the gut that uh, picks up uh, glucagon and decreases insulin output. So that reverses that. So you get more insulin and less glucagon. Insulin drives the blood sugar into the cells and glucagon uh, mobilizes blood sugar into the bloodstream. Uh, So the idea is to suppress the glucagon and uh, kick up the insulin. And that's what these do. But they have the side effect of making you lose weight. And uh, they're, they're not super potent uh, blood sugar lowers but they they are a good add-on drug and uh, and I've used them but you know you have to somehow convince the insurance carriers that these people have diabetes or pre-diabetes uh, and they'll probably expand it with things like sleep apnea and morbid obesity and different things like that but right now there's a backlash because it costs so much money I would think they would want folks to lose weight because it leads to so many other health problems. 
Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, so many of the problems that we encounter nowadays can be taken care of on an outpatient basis. So they, wow. they, they weigh that and they say, well, what's cheaper? Uh, you know, you, you go to a diet clinic or you get this stuff. And, uh, although obesity is a big problem and increases your mortality and your morbidity, uh, it's certainly, uh, at this point has not been studied enough to say that the cost of these drugs outweighs the cost of, or uh, allays the cost of, of problems that you have from obesity. So hmm. All right. it might be, it might be cheaper to leave people fat. Right <laughs> yeah. Well, not necessarily a good idea, but cheaper, certainly. Yeah, well, you know, come on. Part of this is uh, is about money. Yeah, it always is. Somebody got to pay for this stuff. That's it's right. Like, you know, it's like I tell my, my friends in the lunchroom, you cannot be socially liberal and fiscally conservative because somebody has to pay for all this nonsense. And guess who it is, Ken? The taxpayer so, or you, one of the two. You, yeah, <laughs> those of us who are working. <laughs> That's right. We'll just cut Doc's salary. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what Medicaid usually tells you. Well, the wife's already cut my salary. So oh, well. She, I think she makes three times as much money as I do now. Well, she probably does all the purchasing. She pays, probably plays all the bills. She probably keeps your home life working very smoothly. She told me to get out yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I can't take you being here all day long because I didn't have any patients in the hospital. I didn't have anything to do, but... But paperwork, so I just stayed home. Take a bike ride, yeah. And she said, go up to the clubhouse, get out. <laughs> yeah, a little warm for a bike ride. Yeah, it's too warm in the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> go to the clubhouse. <laughs> so I went up to the clubhouse, and then later on, she, we had the air conditioner go out on us the night before last. Oh, my. So I, I don't know what happened. Uh, but at any rate, I turned it off. And I had this unit out in the garage that I was using to cool down the garage, and I drug it inside. <laughs> Excuse me. And we've got a little pack door that somebody put in before we moved in here. And the uh, the vent the vent pipe fit right through there. So we used that. And, of course, it disrupted her area, which is right by the kitchen. And she has her work table and her lounge chair and everything right there. She she kind of has a lock on that whole part of the building there. <laughs> So if you want to go into the kitchen, you have to you have to get permission from her. <laughs> so she got upset because this air conditioning unit was in her way and she couldn't work. So she actually went up to the clubhouse yesterday. Mm. And guess what? She made her boy go get her a pizza and a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so I was the beer bitch pizza bitch. <laughs> well, is, is your air conditioner dead forever or is it just need some repair or something? Or you don't know yet? I don't know. This is the second time it's done it in real hot weather. Um, I went out and I, I sucked out the uh, the the, the uh, drain pipe, pipe. Yeah, okay. and it wasn't clogged up. In fact, I've sucked so hard that it actually pulled uh, one of the one of the PVC joints, one of the plastic joints apart. <laughs> and then I I didn't know because I, I didn't check it upstairs after I had had uh, put the vacuum on it. And so I turned everything back on, and it was running fine. And then I get a call while I'm at the clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Where you were told to go. You know, there's it's clogged up, it's leaking, there's water pouring down into the living room. So I come running home and go up there, and I said, it can't be. Sure enough, there was a, the pipe was just dripping right onto the 
the deck of the uh, air handler and going right down. (laughs) So I glued that back together and everything's fine now. So I don't know. I called the AC guy. Hopefully he'll come out and figure it out. Yeah. Well, I had mine go out in January when prices were a little bit cheaper, I think, in January when you're putting in a new AC. Are they? Yeah, probably. So I feel for people getting, I feel for people who need one right now. I really do. Well, we've got this cinch uh, homeowner's uh, warranty. And, you know, you pay uh, so much per year and then you pay $150 per visit and they're supposed to send somebody out to fix all this. Guess what the wait time is to get an AC guy out here through them? Six months. Uh, n- no, but it's it's just <laughs> as bad in, the, in this weather. It was. It can feel a, like six months, right? Ten days. Ten, ten days. Wow. Ten days. It feels like six months, I'll yeah. tell you that. Well, but, get uh, a hotel room. Get a hotel room. Uh, Live it up for a week or two. Well, we could just go down to the clubhouse and camp out on the floor. Well, I'm not sure how comfortable that's going to be for you, Doc. But well, yeah, well, not only that, when somebody wants to come in and use the place, what are we going to do? Well, you'll be evicted like bums. Yeah, we'll roll up our sleeping bags. And... That's right. Get out of here. Yeah, we're having no, a party. We're... we're having a birthday party. So we got. Um, more and more publicity about people being shot and guns and police officers being shot by guys at traffic stops and all that. I see that, uh, was it North Carolina or, or somewhere in our area here in the Southeast, uh, last night. Uh, oh, it was in Orlando. Two cops, uh, stopped somebody and he started shooting and then he holed himself up in a, in a hotel room and the police killed him. The cops are going to be okay, but, uh, Again, it brings up all the chaos over the gun laws. And, uh, you know, a lot of this chaos that is really more publicity and and driven by the press than it is by any real uh, uh, increased crisis in in the guns and in murders and all that because the murder rates stayed pretty much the same. I think it went up a little bit during COVID, but... uh, you can't blame people if they're locked up with their spouses. <laughs> There's going to be a murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something's got to give somewhere. It's going to snap. That's right. And then you remember up in New York a uh, year or two ago, uh, the Braun uh, case where the, uh, the, the state said, well, you have to show a pressing need for self-defense in order to get a permit to carry a gun. And the Supreme Court threw that out and said, no, you don't. You you, you know you you do not. And uh, so the laws have been liberalized by the Supreme Court. And there's only been about five cases on uh, gun control that have ever gone to the Supreme Court. Did you know that? It's a very just, small, just five, really? No kidding. Very small number. But the the ones in the recent years, in the past fifty years, have actually liberalized uh, gun ownership more. And and uh, in the early two thousands, um, I think Scalia. And, and an opinion said that uh, the the right to own a gun is not just on the basis of having the ability for the state to form a militia uh, rapidly. You know, that's what the Second Amendment says. And the purpose of that, to form a militia, is to, guess what, fight the federal government. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> too obtrusive. And that, that was the whole, the whole thing, because I don't see Cuba invading Florida anytime soon. No, and I don't think uh, Canada is going to come down from the north. So the gun laws are changing, uh, and the, the courts are struggling because what the Supreme Court has said in the past two cases, 
uh, is that you have to look at the history and go back to the foundation of the country and uh, what was the rationale and why were people allowed to own guns and what were they allowed to own? And did you know in the in the 19th century, uh, there were some jurisdictions that outlawed Bowie knives because they became very popular after Jim Bowie uh, uh, developed his knife. And uh, so guys were taking them into bars and getting drunk and getting in knife fights and killing each other. And so they were outlawing those. Uh, and uh, and then there were some court decisions about Bowie knives and about who could carry them and why and what restrictions applied and what did not. And so the courts are looking at this. They're looking at, uh, can you actually make an, a, a, a comparison between an assault rifle and a flintlock, a muzzle loader? Because you could only get off about three shots with a muzzle loader. Yeah, if you're fast. Doc? At 100 yards, you could actually, I hit I hit a button. Oh, I guess I, oh, you got a I'm, fat finger problem today too, huh? Okay. Well, no, I'm catching your disease. <laughs> <laughs> Fingeritis. <laughs> Buttonitis. Yeah. Anyway, so the, uh, where was I? The Supreme Court uh, has turned over these new guidelines for the lower courts and they're looking at this and they're saying, well, wait a minute, how can you compare a flintlock muzzle loading gun to an assault rifle? And, you know, California has a 10 shell uh, clip limit on assault rifles, uh, AR-16s, AK-47s, whatever you want to call them. Um, they're just actually hunting rifles that are semi-automatic, but you put a stock on it and it makes it look like a, a an assault weapon and a, a bigger clip, and you know they look pretty realistic. And you can even put a a, a metal heat dis, uh, dispenser disperser on it, you know, like a, a radiator for it. Sure. Yeah. And uh, so that's got everybody upset, and a lot of it is perception. So, but how did the courts look at all this? Well, you know what they're doing? They're turning to historians. They're turning to historians. They're paying historians three, four, five hundred dollars an hour to do the research as to how the founding fathers and the early country approached all this so that the gun laws can be uh, defended or not defended or challenged one way or another. It's kind of interesting, really. Hmm. Okay. I I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, it's apparently becoming a big deal because, you know, you've got some States like Florida that, you know, you, know, you want to carry a gun, carry a gun. Uh, but you have other states that say, no, we don't want you to carry a gun. And the federal courts and the Supreme Court says, well, look, you don't have any reason to tell somebody they can't carry a gun. Uh, well, what if they're a felon? What if they're an ex-felon? What if they're under indictment? Um, <clears throat> then you have to look at that. One guy, he had done uh, some food stamp fraud when he was a kid. And so he went to get a gun and they said, no, you, you're, you have a felony conviction for food stamp fraud. And the court said, nah, come on. That's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how how long ago was that? And he, he was a kid. And kid he ended yeah, up, okay. No violent crime, nothing. So where do we, uh, you know, where do we begin and end all of this? I don't know. I don't know, Ken. Well, stand your ground. I like it. it it's, uh, I think it's, it, I think it's very effective, not just for the folks who uh, have the guns, but for from a psychological standpoint, the guys who are going into your house, 
Yeah, I you think know, so. Too. Do the, do these people have a gun, and will they use it? And the answer usually is yes, if they have it. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it's a good deterrent, and I think uh, that uh, the uh, the bad guys uh, probably think about that. Not all of them, but uh, you know, it'll cut down on on some of these home intrusions and uh, home thefts. And you know, some of these guys are just stoned out of their they're out of their gourd, and they're going to do no no matter what. They're yeah, gonna they're going to get all messed up, and they're going to go in. <laughs> They're going to go in and, I mean, how do you stop that? They'll go in and, and beat you to death. Yeah. I was reading a story of one guy, uh, one lady, uh, she's like 87 years old. She fought off some guy who was in her bedroom to take, take her jewelry or whatever. And she recognized him from somebody who used to cut his cut her grass when he was a teenager. So she said, are you hungry? <laughs> <laughs> Sweet little 87-year-old woman. Guy breaks into her house, starts to beat her up. She fights him off. And he said, would you like a sandwich or something? Because <laughs> I guess he looks so thin. He'd probably been doing meth for the last 20 years. Yeah, huh? meth and coke. and Yeah. Yeah, so he doesn't have a brain. So Can we shoot him? I mean, if they don't have a brain, are you allowed to shoot him, or are they still considered? Uh, uh, I think if they're inside the house. If they're inside the house, or that it's the limit's on? I think so, yeah. Or the limit's off. The limit's rather. off, right, yeah. The limit's off. No, once you break into my castle. You're mine, baby. That's right. You're mine. So, uh, you know, the South Koreans had a tradition of eating dog meat back in the day. Oh. And there's still some older people that do that, and they breed a special dog. And uh, so the government's trying to get rid of that, put an end to it, because now everybody has a dog for a pet. And I guess they're concerned that, you know, somebody my age might go down there and grab one of them. (laughs) Grab grab Puffy for a meal, huh? Yeah, put them on the spit. And uh, <laughs> I think my wife tasted it once when she was a kid. But, you know, at that time, when she was a kid in the 50s, they didn't have much food. They were pretty poor. And if they could get a hold of meat, it was a, you know, her mother had to defend her and her little brother from the older ones because they'd eat all the meat. And the kids, the little ones wouldn't get any protein. So at any rate, so the government's trying to get rid of outlaw the dog meat industry. And one of the farmers there, uh, Kim Jong-kil, he's upset because he's been in the business 27 years. And um, he says business is good. And he and his family have lived off of this. Cutest little dogs. I don't know how they taste, but. Probably like chicken. Probably. Everything, tastes, everything tastes like chicken, doesn't it? Furry chicken. Yeah, furry chicken. I don't know about cats. I think the Vietnamese uh, were into cats for a while. I don't know if they're still eating those. But as far as I'm concerned, you can eat all the cats you want. So. Yep, but don't tell them my neighbors that because they all got cats. Oh, I'm not a big fat can- cat fan. Cats don't like me. They never have for some reason. I don't know. I put off a vibe. So if you're thinking of going to South Korea and getting a dog meal, um, <laughs> you better hurry because it looks like the government's going to outlaw it and. Uh, then you want people to eat your dog. Well, well, you got one at home. I mean, <laughs> you, could, you could have that one if you really wanted it, I guess. It's a terrible thing to do, but if you really wanted it, I guess you could do it. I don't think there's a law against it here. <laughs> well, <clears throat> there's a couple little dogs in the neighborhood I wouldn't mind. <laughs> a couple of yappers, huh? yeah. Yeah, a couple of <laughs> help them stay a little quieter. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so uh, I saw a, a little piece about 
these two or three homes up in, uh, I think it was up in the Boston area. These people have built super efficient homes and uh, in triple digit heat and in the middle of winter, which gets cold up there, no electric bill. So they have like triple pane window uh, glass and uh, ultra uh, tight sealed houses with uh, all kinds of insulation uh, uh, orientation so that they pick up the sun at certain times and at certain times they don't. And of course, they put solar panels on there and the the uh, the uh, electric company actually owes them money. So 2,500 square foot homes. Of course, Not they bad. Paid, they paid 1.5 million to have them built. Well, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little heavy for that price for that size home, but yeah, you know what would be the uh, the the time to get your return back from saving electricity? I don't know. <clears throat> Let's say you spend five hundred a month for electricity, so that's what six thousand a year. And if you could have built a home for, say, eight hundred thousand, um, so you got six hundred thousand roughly that you got to make up. So that's uh, that's 6, a lot of electricity. Yeah, that's a hundred years. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's a long time. You're not going to get your money back on that one. No, no. So that's a, that's a losing proposition unless there's some mass production. I guess we got to call call Joe's mobile home company back again. While <laughs> <laughs> he's working on the on the nuclear reactor, he can do some of these homes. <laughs> so that that is uh, quite fascinating to me that people are able to actually make money off of their homes, but uh, at a big cost. Well, a lot of people got their solars down here, of course, so. I guess they're doing it. They're saving money down here. Yeah, I think there are people that are actually doing it. Now, here's a little item before we go that uh, caught my attention. The best hospitals for neurology and neurosurgery. U.S. News and World Report does this annual ranking of hospitals. And I was wondering, how the heck do they pick these hospitals like Brigham and uh, Women's Hospital and U.S. Uh, San Francisco Health Medical Center and uh, uh, New York University Longor Hospital. How did they pick these? And you know what? <clears throat> I thought there was some kind of uh, outcome-based uh, review, or maybe uh, you know the 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 uh, length of stay or or something that would give you it. You know what it is? It's doctors, doctors voting. Oh, they, really? Yeah, I didn't realize that. That that's a big part of it. So. Um, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, if you're in New York City, you got a population that's bigger than, than you know, almost 10 other American cities. So who do you think they're going to vote for? They're not going to vote for Tampa General or, or St. Pete General or, uh, you know, Morton Plant, even though these are excellent hospitals with uh, good outcomes. And now St. Pete General is not a neurologic hospital for, per se, but for orthopedics and general medicine, it's really quite a good little hospital. But, you know, you look at Tampa General, I mean, they're always up there at the top. And Morton Plant has been uh, uh, selected by uh, Reuters. Uh, you know, Reuters has their rating division. They're not just a news company. They actually do ratings for companies and hospitals and healthcare industries and all that kind of thing. Doc, we got about 45 seconds left. You want to talk about the office for just a minute or so here? Yeah, let's do that. But at any rate, I just wanted to mention that. I, I don't like that. 
No, no, so, it's, it's, it's too political inside, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's too, too population-based. Yeah. Anyway, I am Dr. Bill, and we are at 6399 38th Avenue North. Of course, we're having our big gala the 3rd of September, Sunday, 830 to 1030. We have in-office visits. We have telemedicine, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Ken? Doc? See you later, buddy. Always a pleasure. We'll catch you next week. You too. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.